I'm really excited about tonight because tonight we're talking about something that all of us deal with. In fact, in fact, even if you've never been to church before, you deal with this. Even if like you don't really buy into the whole Jesus thing, you deal with this. Okay. If you're in sixth grade, you deal with this. If you're in seventh grade, you deal with this. If you're in eighth grade, you deal with this. Whether you're a guy or a girl, you deal with this because every single person on planet earth deals with this. And the thing that we're going to be talking about tonight that everyone deals with is conflict. It's conflict. Because no matter who you are, where you come from, whether you've been to church before or not, you deal with conflict. And you know what I mean by conflict, right? Like fighting or arguing or shouting or yelling or disagreements or when you and your friends are kind of at odds, you know, that's what conflict is. And a lot of times where there's conflict, there's drama. Y'all know what I'm talking about when I say drama? You ever had drama with your friend group before? You ever had drama at home, right? And look, if we're honest, we kind of like the drama a little bit. You know what I'm saying? There's a little part of us that likes the drama. And here's how I know that we like the drama. is because we love watching reality TV, right? We love watching reality TV. We love these shows because we love the drama, right? We don't watch it because we want to see what's going to happen to the characters. We watch it because we want to see drama. And where there is conflict and where there is drama, there is often one emotion that always plays out. And this is the emotion that comes up in conflict. Anger. Right? Wherever there's conflict, wherever there's drama, there's anger. Now, here's what I need. If you're talking to your neighbor right there, you can't be doing that here at M12. Okay? So, uh, we forgot to go over the M12 rules, but the M12 rules are no distractions. So, I can see you turning to the person behind you. So, we're not going to distract one another. Cool? Is that cool? Can we do that? Okay. On the count of three, if you cannot distract your neighbor next to you or your neighbor behind you, I want you to say yes on the count of three. One, two, three. Yes! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So... Where there is conflict and where there is drama, there is also anger. And all of us have felt anger before, but we all respond to anger differently. In fact, there's some of you in the room that if you were honest, here's how you respond to anger. You respond to anger by becoming the Incredible Hulk. You know what I'm saying? Like when you get angry, you want to like punch something or kick something or yell at someone or like just blow up on someone, right? And that's what it means to be the Incredible Hulk. In other words, when you get angry, you look a little something like this. Check it out. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Puny god. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, right? Sometimes when you get angry with your friends, some of you become the Incredible Hulk and you yell and you scream and you fight. How many of you, just being honest, how many of you would say the way you respond to anger is by becoming the Incredible Hulk? Is that anyone in the room? Yeah, we got a few Incredible Hulks in the room. Okay, now, now, not all of us respond that way. In fact, some of us, some of us respond to anger in this way. You don't become the Incredible Hulk, you become the stuffer. Here's what I mean by the stuffer. 
when stuff happens to you, you stuff it down and you just choose not to talk about it. You choose not to deal with it. You choose not to address the anger. You choose not to deal with the emotions that you're feeling and you stuff it down. And whenever you stuff it down, when someone asks you if you're doing okay, do you know what you say? You say, I'm fine. You know what I'm saying? But when you say I'm fine, you're a little angry about it. You're like, I'm fine, right? I'm fine. So when someone asks you and you're stuffing your feelings down, you always respond with I'm fine. And that's what a stuffer does. When stuff happens to them that makes them angry, they stuff it down because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to deal with conflict. They don't want to deal with anger. So how many of you, just being honest, would say the way you respond to anger is by being the stuffer? Is anyone in the room? Yeah, we got a few stuffers. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. And then here is the last category of people for how you might respond to anger. Some of you might respond to anger by being the backstabber. Yeah. You got to watch out for these people. Okay. Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. Here's what happens with the backstabber. When someone makes you upset, when someone makes you angry, to their face, you act like everything's fine. Right? You look at them and you say, hey, we're good. Everything's fine. And then the moment they leave the room, you look at your friends and you go, can you believe what she said? Can you believe what he said? Can you believe she did that? Can you believe he did? And then the moment she comes back in the room, you go, hey. Oh, hi. Oh, it's good to see you. Oh, yeah. No, you're great. You're awesome. And then the moment she leaves, can you go, can you believe her? How on earth? Right? And you stab her in the back as soon as she leaves the room. Okay, so just being honest, how many of you would say the way you respond to anger is by being the backstabber? Yeah, look around people. These are the dangerous people. Okay, yeah. So all of us respond to anger differently. All of us have a response to anger, but, 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 and this is big. This is big. But the problem with our response to anger is our response often leads to regret. In fact, we put this in your notes. Our response often leads to regret. Because sometimes the way that we respond to anger, the way we respond when we're upset, makes us feel bad, makes us wish we had never said that or done that. Here's what I mean. If you're the Incredible Hulk, and you respond by blowing up on someone, by kicking, by screaming, by yelling, by arguing, many times... You say or you do things that you look back on and you wish you hadn't have done that, right? When your friend makes you upset, when your friend makes you angry, you sometimes respond in a way that when you look back, you say, I wish I never did that. I wish I never said that. And sometimes by doing that or saying that, you actually cost your friendship with that person. Or maybe some of you are the stuffer and when people do bad things to you, you stuff your feelings way down. And you keep stuffing your feelings and you never talk about how you actually feel. You never talk about what's actually going on. And then you start feeling bad about yourself because you, te- you never tell anyone how you really feel. And so you start having feelings of anxiety and you start having feelings of depression and then you start regretting and you wish that you were never this way. You wish that you didn't respond by stuffing your feelings way down. And then some of you are the backstabber and sometimes when the person leaves the room and you say some bad things about him or about her and you steal her friends away or you steal that friend group away, then you look back and you're not proud of the person that you've become. See, because our response often leads to regret. And here's why. 
It's because our response is often, or it creates more damage than the conflict we're responding to. In other words, in other words, a lot of times there's something that happens in your life between you and your friend and the way you respond is even worse. This is why for a lot of like couples, when they get in an argument and they start kind of one-upping each other and they start, you know, yelling and screaming and kicking, a lot of times they forget what they were originally fighting about. It's because for a lot of us, the way we respond to conflict creates more damage than the original conflict. And when you do that, it's, it's your friendship with that person that's on the line. It's your friendship with your best friend that's on the line. It's your relationship with your parents that's on the line. It's your own self-worth that's on the line. Because the way we respond often leads to regret. And so if it's true that all of us respond to anger differently, but our response often leads to regret, then the question I want to go after tonight is this question right here. Then how should we respond to anger? Not how do we respond, because all of us respond differently, but how should we respond to anger? And that's exactly what we're talking about tonight. In fact, we're going to look at one specific verse in Scripture that answers this question. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to follow along. I want you to actually read this verse with me. And this verse is actually found in the Bibles underneath your chair or underneath the chair in front of you. So grab your Bible and we're going to look together at page 658. Page 658 at Proverbs 2911. Proverbs 29, 11. Now, here's what you need to know. Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon. And if there was anyone who was familiar with drama, if there was anyone that knew about conflict, it was Solomon. Because see, Solomon not only knew about conflict, but Solomon had conflict in his own family. Just as an example, and this is crazy, Solomon's stepbrother tried to kill Solomon's dad. Okay, so if you think your family is messed up, at least your stepbrother is not trying to kill your dad, okay? That's what happened in Solomon's life. So Solomon was like a reality TV show in real life. His stepbrother tried to kill his dad and there was all these affairs and all of this drama and all of this conflict that was in Solomon's life. But not only did he have a lot of conflict, but he became king of a country. And when he became king, all the people brought their conflict to him. So whenever someone had a disagreement, they brought their conflict to Solomon. And so Solomon not only grew up around conflict, but his full-time job was conflict management. And he saw how some people, when they were angry with one another, walked away as friends. And some people, when they were angry with one another, walked away with regret. And so he saw both sides. And because he saw both sides, he decided to write about what we should do when we get angry. And this is what he said. He said, fools give vent to their rage or their anger, but the wise bring calm in the end. Fools, and fools are people that do things that they later regret, right? Because a lot of times when you look like a fool, you later regret it, okay? So Solomon said, fools, people that do things they later regret, give vent to their rage. In other words, they just do whatever feels good. They just do whatever they're feeling in the moment. So if they feel like blowing up on their friend, they blow up on their friend. If they feel like they would rather stuff down their feelings than actually address them, then they stuff down their feelings. Or if they feel like they'd rather talk about her or talk about him behind his back, then that's what they do. And he says, fools do that. Fools respond to anger by just doing whatever feels good. Now, here's what's really important, okay? 
He did not say fools get angry. Solomon didn't say that fools get angry because anger is okay. In fact, even Jesus got angry. There's nothing wrong with being angry. The problem is the way that we respond. And Solomon says, you're a fool if you respond by just doing whatever feels good. Our response is the most important thing. Our response to anger is the most important thing. In fact, according to Solomon, he says this, our response to anger can keep us from danger. If you want to know how to prevent your friendships from blowing up, from your relationship with your parents from blowing up, if you want to know how to protect the relationships that you really care about, if you want to know how to protect your own self-worth, Solomon would say it's your response to anger. It's not whether or not you get angry because everyone gets angry. Everyone gets angry. But Solomon says it's the way you respond to anger that can keep us from danger because fools are the ones that just do whatever feels good. See, because when it comes to anger, just because it feels good doesn't mean it is good. Just because it feels good to be the Incredible Hulk and to let out your anger by yelling or screaming or kicking or punching or fighting doesn't mean it is good. Just because it feels good to stuff it down or just because it feels good to stab someone in the back doesn't mean it is good for that relationship. And I've been on both sides of this. I've had situations where I've responded to anger correctly and I've had situations where I've responded incorrectly. In fact, there was a moment for me, it was about 10 years ago, that I had a moment where I did not respond the way that I needed to. In fact, it was my senior year in college and a lot of you know that I, I graduated from the University of Georgia. Go dogs! Beat Auburn. Okay, we're going to beat Auburn this weekend. That's right. And then I'm going to wear my UGA jersey next week, so y'all wait. Okay, but anyways, so I was a senior at the University of Georgia, and a lot of you that know me know that I not only went to every home game, but I painted up and was on the front row of every single UGA home game, okay? I was like the fan up there. We had our chest painted, me and my buddies, and we'd spell go dogs, or we'd spell G-E-O-R-G-I-A. You know, we'd be up there, we were shouting and yelling, and like it was just awesome being up there. And about 10 years ago, it was my senior year. It was my senior year, and I'd been to every single home game. I'd painted up every single home game, and we always sat in the exact same spot, and we always got there about three hours before the game started to reserve our spot, and that's where we set every single home game for my freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. And then, it was the last game of my senior year, the last home game. And I was tailgating with some friends and family, and so it took us a while before we actually got to the stadium. And instead of getting there three hours beforehand, I got there maybe two or two and a half hours beforehand. And I start walking down to where we always sat every single game, and there was someone in our seat. And so I walked up to the guy, and I was like super calm about it. You know, it was him and two or three of his friends, but they were right where we always sat every single year. That's always where we sat. And so I went up to him and I said, hey, just real quick, you probably, probably didn't know this, um, but this is actually where we sit 
But I've actually sat there for like four years, okay? So it's like, this is our spot. It's kind of me and my friends. We're always here. We paint up. You've probably seen this on TV. No big deal. I was featured in a magazine one time. It's fine, okay? But this is where we always sit. It's me and my buddies. We paint up. So if you can just move like a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, or you can move just one you know, row back, that'd be great because this is our spot. And the guy looked at me and he said, well, you should have gotten here earlier. Savage, for sure. And so then I looked at him because I was like, okay, this guy doesn't understand it. So I decided to explain it further. I said, here's the deal. This is my last home game of my senior year. Four years. I've been sitting in this same spot every single game. This is where we sit. This is kind of a big deal to me. So I just want to finish the year well. So if you could, please move either to the left or move to the right or maybe move just a little bit behind. Just a few seats because this is always where we sit. And the guy, as if I didn't hear him the first time, repeated exactly what he said. He said, then you should have gotten here earlier. Now, I wish I could tell you that I responded by putting my hand on his shoulder and praying for him. You know, it's like, let me pray for you, friend. But I did not do that. Instead, I became the Incredible Hulk and I started shouting at this guy. Like I was this close to his face and I got my finger in his face and I'm shouting and I'm yelling and I'm saying some words that your pastor should not have ever said, but I'm definitely not going to say them here from stage, okay? And so I was shouting at this dude and I was yelling, I was cursing and you couldn't have And I'm just like screaming in this dude's face, no lie, for about five minutes straight. I lost my mind yelling at this guy. And in the middle of me yelling and all these people are starting to come in the stadium and they're watching this guy without a shirt on because I was ready to paint up. And I'm shouting at this guy and yelling at this guy. And one of my friends comes up to me and he looks at me and he says, do you realize how ridiculous you look right now? Because see, in that moment, I looked like a fool. Because I gave vent to my rage. And I just said and did whatever felt good in the moment. And then I realized as I looked around that there were friends around me that were watching this unfold. And there were people I didn't even know that heard the terrible things that I said. And I was mortified. I was embarrassed. I had regret. Because I just yelled at this dude. I lost my mind for no good reason. And I remember sitting down and sulking and just feeling so bad that I'd blown up at this guy. Because see, fools give vent to their rage. They just do or say whatever feels good. But Solomon said, the wise bring calm in the end. And so the next time that you're in conflict or the next time that you're angry or the next time that you feel your blood start to boil or you start getting upset or you want to yell or you want to stuff it down or you want to respond to anger, Solomon would say, bring calm in the end because it's not whether or not you get angry, it's how you respond. And here's some ways that you could respond to anger differently. The first one is this, to pause. Before you get angry, before you blow up on someone, pause, breathe, and ask this question. Will this matter in five years? And a lot of times, if we're honest, when we ask that question, will this matter in five years? A lot of times the answer is no. In fact, the question, will this matter in five minutes? The answer is oftentimes no. And so the first step before you blow up is breathe, 
pause and ask, will this matter in five years? Will this matter in five months? Will this matter in five minutes? And then after you've paused, identify. Identify. And what I mean by identify is I want you to ask this question. What am I angry about? Really? Like what's really bothering me? Because a lot of time it's not the situation. It's not the conflict that's right in front of you. A lot of times there's something else that's buried deep that we're really upset about. Or a lot of times it's another motion getting in the way and that's the reason that we blow up. In fact, at that UGA game my senior year, that was the exact same day that I was going to propose to my wife. And so I had all of this pent-up emotion, all of this excitement, because after the game, I was going to pop the question and ask her. And so I'm nervous and anxious and excited and worried. And I've got all this emotion. And the moment this guy made me angry, all of that blew up on him. It wasn't even his fault. And it would have helped if I just paused and identified, what am I really angry about? What am I really worried about? What do I really fear in this moment? In fact, there's a great verse to pray. This is a verse that I've often prayed when I'm struggling and figuring out, God, what's really going on? It's Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, God, I want you to look into my heart and tell me what is really going on. Asking the question, what am I angry about? Really? And then after you've done that, the next step is to communicate. Communicate. And there are two questions that you should ask when it comes to communicate. The first one is, who should I talk to? Who should I talk to? Because oftentimes when you're angry with someone, the first person you should talk to is not the person you're angry with because you might say or do something that you regret. So instead of going and talking to them, maybe the best first person to talk to is your small group leader. Maybe it's a mentor, maybe it's a coach, maybe it's a pastor, maybe it's an accountability partner, maybe it's God, maybe it's praying and talking to God. Maybe there's someone else that you can talk to before in the heat of the moment you go talk to the person that you're angry with. So the first question is, who should I talk to? And if after talking to a pastor, talking to your small group leader, talking to your accountability partner, you decide that it's time for you to talk to the person you're angry with, the next question is, how? should I communicate? Because there are multiple ways to talk to someone. There are multiple ways to communicate. And believe it or not, there is a right way and there's a wrong way. See, because how we communicate, how we communicate can be as important as what we communicate. How we communicate can be as important as what we're actually talking about. And here are the four ways that you and I normally communicate. The four ways we communicate. The first one is face-to-face then phone call, then text message, then social media. The best way to communicate when you're angry or when there's conflict is face-to-face. And the worst way is social media. The best way to communicate when you're angry with someone is face-to-face, and here's why. When you're communicating with someone face-to-face, you not only know what they're saying, the information or the words that they're saying, you hear the way they say it, you see the way they say it, and you feel the way they say it. 
And so a lot of times there's miscommunication, not because someone doesn't understand what you say, but because they misunderstood how you said it. And the best way to avoid the drama is have a face-to-face conversation. The next best way is phone call. But if you can do face-to-face, I'm telling you, face-to-face is best. A phone call is good. You can hear the way they say things, but you still can't see the way they say things. And then at no point, at no point if you're in conflict with someone should you text that person. And here's why. Because when you text, all you do is relay information. You cannot communicate intention. In other words, you can communicate what you're saying, but you can't communicate through text message how you are saying it. And there's a gap between what you said and what you really meant. And when you text someone, you let them fill in the gap. And here's what I mean. Have any of you ever gotten upset when your friends texted you, okay? Yeah, right? The reason you got upset with okay is because you made an assumption on what they really meant. In fact, if you texted them, hey, can't wait to see you later today, and they texted, okay, then you assumed that they said it like, okay, whatever. You don't assume that they said it like, okay, you know, I can't wait to see you. You always assume the worst. So when you text someone an apology or when you text someone when there's confrontation happening, the person that you're texting is going to fill in the gap from what you said and what you actually meant. And it's almost always interpreted negatively. That's why texting is such a bad idea. And the worst way to communicate is social media. If you at someone when you're angry with them, right? Or if you like subtweet them, right? Or you talk about them without like tagging them. I'm telling you, that's the worst way to communicate because when you do that, you're inviting all of your friends into the conflict, into the anger. You're inviting all of them to choose sides. And not only is it now between you and your friend, but now it's between your friend group and their friend group and people have to choose sides. And there is drama and there is regret and there is a sinking feeling that happens. That's the worst way to communicate. So when it's time for you to communicate with the person you're angry with, communicate face to face. And then finally, after you've communicated, the last step is to forgive. It's to forgive. Now, I know that a lot of you have been in situations where you're angry with someone. Could be a family member. Could be a friend could be your best friend, it could be your ex-best friend, it could be that girlfriend or that boyfriend or the ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend and you're angry and you've got all these emotions that are happening and you would say to me, Steve, if you knew what they did to me or you knew how they treated me, you would know that it's impossible for me to forgive them. In other words, if you knew, man, they were the ones that were the Incredible Hulk, they were the ones that were the backstabbers, they were the ones that treated me bad, and the reason I'm feeling the way I'm feeling is because of how they treated me, and if you knew what they did to me, you would know that I can't forgive them. And some of you would even add on, besides, they haven't even asked for forgiveness. They haven't even apologized. And they haven't changed either. They're still the same way. They're still just as mean. They're still just as hurtful. So why should I forgive them? They don't even deserve it. But this is what we have to know tonight. We don't forgive others because they deserve it. 
We forgive because we didn't deserve it. See, we don't forgive others because they've apologized or because they deserve it or because they've changed. We forgive others because we had conflict with God and we didn't deserve to be forgiven by God. See, because we were angry with God and we didn't want to talk to God and we stabbed God in the back and we just you know, became the Incredible Hulk and we got upset. And even though we were upset with God, even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, while we were still in conflict with God, God forgave us. And we didn't deserve to be forgiven. We didn't deserve to have our debts cleared. We didn't deserve for God to send Jesus to die for us because we were still in conflict with God. We had yet to apologize and yet God forgave me. And he forgave you. See, we don't forgive because they deserve it, because they've apologized, because they've changed. We forgive because even though we didn't deserve it, God forgave us. And so the question that I want to go after tonight, and the question that I think would be great to talk about in your small groups, is this question. How do you need to respond to anger? How do you, in your situation, need to respond anger. Because see, I bet there are some of you in the room that you're still right now angry with your parents. They did something or they said something and you just think it's impossible to forgive them and there's no lines of communication between you and your mom or you and your dad and you didn't pause, you blew up on them and you yelled at them and now there's like weird awkwardness in the house and you're still upset with her or you're still upset with him and there's drama happening in your family and maybe today God is saying to you, today is the day to respond differently. that instead of becoming the Incredible Hulk or instead of stuffing your feelings down or instead of trying to stab them in the back, maybe today is the day that you pause, identify, communicate, and then forgive. In fact, there's some of you that the conflict that you're in, the anger that you have could be because of someone else in this room. There might be drama at school or there, there may be conflict in your friend group and maybe it's even in this room and maybe tonight is the night that the lines of communication open up for the first time. Because see, we don't forgive others because they deserve it. We don't forgive others because they've apologized or they've changed. We forgive because God forgave us. And it's not whether or not we get angry because all of us are going to get angry. It's how we respond because our response to anger can keep us from danger. But the choice is up to you. How will you respond to anger? So let me pray for you. God, I'm so proud of these students and I know that uh, hearing a message like this is easy to hear, but it's really tough to do. 
And so I pray that you would give these students wisdom to know who they need to forgive, who they need to talk to, how they need to pause, how they need to identify and ask the tough question, what am I angry about really? And I pray that it would drive them to you. And then after you tell them who they need to forgive and who they need to talk to, I pray that you would give them the boldness to go do it. That even tonight, there would be lines of communication that are opened. There would be people that are talked to. There would be friendships that are healed because of what you're doing right now in these students' lives. So I pray that you would give them the wisdom and the boldness to go make that happen. So we love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.